Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. I am very excited to offer the first ever bonus episode. It came at the perfect time. Um, And this one is going to be about a particular person's encounter with their own personal haunted dolls. Before I get into their story, I just had a couple of updates. This came at a perfect time because I recently, um, and those who uh, follow me on social media already know, and I also let my um, email subscribers know a little bit, but I was recently in a car accident and I'm okay, but the healing has taken on a bit longer than I had originally anticipated. So luckily, um, because I did a bunch of pre-recording and because my work is really lovely um, and patient and because um, there's lots of um, people in my immediate family that are lovely and are helping care for me, it's uh, provided me with a lot of the care and rest that I needed. Um, But today has been the first day since the accident where I felt good enough to be able to record again. Um, And so that that made me feel really great. All the other ones, um, I think up until like episode 11, um, were all pre-recorded. Um, I know this is kind of like time capsule <laughs> Um, but I was really relieved when this person, um, shared their bonus episode with me because it provided me with already kind of like pre-made content. Um, I also was absolutely blown away by all the support of other podcasters, other authors, online friends, in-person friends, um, co-workers, like of all the people that were like, take your time, heal, uh, let us know what we can do. There are people who shared their own. Um, the thing that I'm struggling with the most is my um, concussion and my head trauma. Um, I didn't know this until, you know, I have a concussion, but it's considered a mild traumatic brain injury. Um, and I didn't realize that in the, the car accident I was in was pretty significant. Um, and so it was, it was really, and I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but it was just really, um, it was really cool to see how many supportive people there are out there because, as much as the whole car accident kind of happened out of the blue to have people offer to like edit episodes or host episodes if need be in the interim, like if I hadn't pre-recorded them or um, like this person that sent me um, their story about their personal haunted dolls. um, I thought like it was just so kind and it was just such a lovely thing to do while I was healing. And I just like, (laughs) I'm just like really thankful for that. But the person who submitted their story's name is Talise. Um, I met them in this writing group. It's called Cyborg Central. Um, it's run by an author friend of mine named Jenna Moresi. She's a um, 
best-selling author of dark fantasy romance. Uh, so if you're interested in that, she writes the Savior series. Um, I, of course, love her stuff. Um, I eat it up. <laughs> um, and then she has a YouTube channel, and then she has a Discord server. And in that Discord server for um, other writers. And so that's how I met Talise. And uh, Talise was talking about their haunted dolls and they were talking about the care of their haunted dolls and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I did an episode about haunted dolls, puppets, animatronics, like that kind of thing. Would you feel comfortable sharing this, like the stories that you're talking about here or even maybe going in more depth? And they were like, yeah, of course. And so they sent me their stuff here. So I'm going to read the... Um, the Google Doc that they sent me. I also have to say, like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why I'm surprised by that. Like, it, it was really funny because as I was reading the Google Doc, I was like, wow, this is so well written. And it's like beautifully spaced out and paced. And like, there's different sections to it. It's like so well done. Like, I feel like I'm reading an article, like, like a research article. And I'm like, fancy meeting you here in a writer's group. <laughs> It's almost like we both love writing or something. Um, so here is their story. Oh, also, I know I keep like saying, oh, and now we're going to start and now we're going to start. But <laughs> before we start, if you do want to send me some of your own encounters or just chat about your favorite cryptids or have like one of your own personal stories featured in one of my episodes or bonus episodes, feel free to email me. I think it's easier for me personally to like sort them out through email. That's what's um, easiest for me. So if you're comfortable with that, you can send them my way that way. But here we go. So Talise says, I want to preface this all by saying a few things. One thing I want to mention is that I've always been sensitive to spirits and had experiences both good and bad and this sensitivity and these past experiences have been a very important part of my life for a long time. Another big thing I want to let everyone know is that my dolls are both very sweet, and to me, they are a great comfort. I would not keep them if they were harmful. Sometimes they have bad days, but their bad days are not harmful or even actually scary. I know they aren't malicious and that they won't harm me or anyone else. The last thing I want to mention is that I recently removed them from a closet after five years of being in said closet. Here's how I got them. So this section is called how I got them. One was given to me by my dead great grandma at the age of six or seven, and I got her completely brand new. The other was given to me by my aunt, and I got her when I was 13, and I believe this one was thrifted and given to me after my aunt found it on eBay or in a thrift store. What are their names? The Native American doll we named Sakewu is a Cree name, hence why we picked it for her. Both me and my partner wanted her to have a native name that fit her, and I would say her name fits her. It means, quote, one who comes into view, end quote, fitting for the experiences I've had with her, which I'll get into later. The second doll is named Joan. We named her after my great-grandmother who gave her to me. I recently named the dolls as I had just never thought about doing it before. I should have named them years ago, but they both seemed inanimate. Experiences I've had with them. Sakewu is by far the most active doll. 
Common things that happen with Sakewoo are her head turning to look at different points in the room and her arms moving. She moves her head so much that she actually has knots in her hair. I have several stories from friends and from my partner about her moving her head so she is looking at them. My partner has noticed nearly every time Sakewoo turns to look at them. One of my friends also told me about an experience they had when I was about 15 and they came to stay the night at my house. They had gone up to grab something. They went in and happened to glance at Sakewoo. Sakewoo was looking across the room at Joan. My friend went to grab whatever they went for and they looked back to find Sakewoo staring at them. As they went to leave, Sakewoo kept turning her head and watching them as they left my room. That's right. She followed my friend with her eyes as they left the room. <laughs> okay, listen, I know. So I've, I've read the whole thing and like they care for their dolls a lot. And I, and I think that's really, really sweet. And at the same time, if I were the friend, oh my God, I would be like, okay, so <laughs> sleepovers are like prime horror territory here. <laughs> what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> okay, back to the story. Experiences like this become so common, I started warning friends who were new to my house that the sake woo liked to move her head and look at people just so they knew it was normal and wouldn't be as freaked out when it happened. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Joan is not anywhere near as active as sake woo. In fact, the whole time I've had her, the experiences with her are very limited. Her music box, oh, she has a music box. Her music box will go off on occasion and she will sometimes kick her feet and move her arms, but she doesn't do much other than that. Another common occurrence is touching. It's light poking or barely there touches, but it's still touching nonetheless. It can most certainly be startling when it happens, but that's to be expected when you get unexpectedly touched. Do my dolls like each other? My girls care about each other very much. If they're separated, they get worried and angry, and they immediately will do something to let me know they are not happy. One time I tried to put Sake Wu in my bedroom closet by herself. I think I did this because I wanted to put an end to her hair getting tangled. Part of the reason it got tangled was I had angled ceilings and her head would brush up against the ceiling. Long story short, she ended up in the closet one night while my partner was visiting me. The spirit attached to Sakewoo was already making noise before we went to bed, but she continued to get louder and louder and eventually woke us both up at 3.30 in the morning with banging and the sound of things being thrown around inside the closet. We took her out immediately and we put her back in her spot. When we pulled her from the closet, we noticed several items were thrown around and in places where they were both before. Another time, I took Sake Wu out of the room to detangle her hair. When I came back, Joan was looking toward the door at me. I cannot separate them because if I do, they will both get upset, and I would rather not upset them. This is why when I put them up in the closet, I put them away together. They actually prefer to be able to look at each other. They spent years on separate sides of a room where they could look at each other, so it makes sense that they got used to this. What is the activity like after the closet? They were definitely more active after being in a dark closet for five years, but that's to be expected. Sakewoo seemed very excited to be out, and she let us know she wanted to watch out the window. When we angled her so she could watch out the window, she was much happier. What are their personalities? From every interaction I've had, Sakewoo is a protector. Whenever I'm in or out of my room, she watches over it. However, she definitely seems a little shy. She is especially camera shy. 
I took one picture of her. I went to move her head so she was looking at the camera and her head would not move. She did not like the idea of looking at the camera and she did not react to the picture being taken. Joan is a little more shy about any activity, but she absolutely seems to adore being photographed. (laughs) I love it. Um, Seeing as when I took her picture, she was looking at the camera and didn't move a bit. Neither one of them likes being touched by anyone but me, my partner, and my family. What do they like? They very much like me. They also like my partner a great deal and feel most comfortable with us. They both like my family as well, but just not nearly as much as they like me and my partner. How did they come to be haunted? I believe Sakewu came to me haunted because as soon as I got her, I noticed the activity. I have reason to believe that Joan, on the other hand, had a spirit attached to her after living in a duplex that was particularly haunted. Who are the spirits? Just based on fear, on the fiercely protective nature Sakewu exhibits, especially when it comes to me. I have reason to believe that she is one of my family members. Specifically, I believe she's an older ancestor of mine. Thinking back on it, I believe Joan is the spirit of a little girl who died in the duplex. I'm so sorry. I lived in when it used to be a house back in the day. She died in a horrific accident that I won't share in detail. If Joan truly is the spirit of this little girl, she doesn't deserve to have the details of her death told to a bunch of people without her being at least a little more comfortable, especially since she was put in the closet for so long and still isn't happy about it. I don't want to upset her. I completely agree with that. And I am very glad you decided not to include it. And honestly, even if, um, you know, you decided to include it, I think I would have cut that part out anyway. So thank you for for editing that part out. I had many experiences with this particular spirit, but that's a story for another time. How are they cared for? Their care is relatively simple. If I notice they had have dirt on them, I clean it up. If their hair is tangled, I untangle it the best I can. I make sure they have their various items that came with them. For example, Sakaibu had a scarf and headdress that she came with. I make sure her headdress is on properly and her scarf is draped over her arm. I actually have plans to detangle all of Sakewoo's hair completely to fix some loose beading on her dress, and if I can't find her scarf, I'm going to make a brand new one. I think that's really cool um, that, like, not only are you honoring, like, your own um, ancestry and regalia, um, but you're also honoring Sakewoo's as well, and, like, through her, you're both, like, connecting in that way. I think that's cool. How do I interact slash communicate with them? I simply talk to them. I have plans to try spirit box and EVP sessions, but I haven't done it as of yet. Usually I just talk with them and watching whether or not they react and how they react is a good way to gauge what their response is and how they feel about something. I think that's so sweet because Um, you're just like really in tune with them and you're like attuned to their reactions. Um, but I also am very curious, like if you would want to share in the future, (laughs) if you were to do an EVP session, what that would sound like, I would be very curious, but also no pressure to share either. Do you have any social media accounts for them? I think it is very possible I might make a TikTok for them in the future, but I don't feel comfortable doing that quite yet. They've never been on camera before, and I don't want to disturb them when they are perfectly content just to be. Maybe I can work up to them both being comfortable on camera, but I can't do any of that quite yet. 
Would I ever get rid of them? If they were being extremely violent and intentionally harmful, I would, but that isn't very likely to happen. They both like me and they are both comfortable with me. There's not much they could do that would make me get rid of them because they trust me so much and are so comfortable around me. Would I recommend people get their own haunted dolls? No, not really. Keep in mind, I'm not a paranormal expert, but dolls in general aren't really the best idea, let alone haunted ones. Dolls are powerful. In fact, they are humanoid empty vessels that are just perfect for spirits to inhabit and attach themselves to. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, And I think that was what was um, brought up. And I think that like, I didn't think about it just being like a bunch of these empty vessels just chilling. This can attract potentially negative and malicious spirits. These are the ones that only professionals like paranormal experts or experienced haunted doll collectors should be taking care of. Even if you are collecting already haunted dolls themselves, you never know whether the spirit will like you or whether the spirit is actually as they are advertised to be. I never went out looking for them. They happened to come to me and I won't rehome them because they came to me for a reason. It's just a safer bet not to try unless you have to. However, this is just one opinion among many. Finishing remarks. I'd like to thank Iona for sharing my story on the podcast, and i like to thank you all for listening. I don't get to share much about the girls, so this was a very exciting opportunity, and I'm so glad that people actually enjoy hearing about them. Hopefully they get more comfort, and I'll have more to share about them in the future. Farewell from me, my partner, and our girls. Well, that was so lovely. Thank you, Talise, for sharing that with us. Um, If you want to follow Talise, I have their socials here. I'm going to have it in the show notes, but their their socials are through TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, It's at Talise the Artist, and it's spelled T-A-L-I-S-E, the artist. And I think that's really cool. What an incredible way you're taking care of the girls. What incredible attunement you have with them I'm just like also really thankful that like the timing (laughs) that you were willing to share when I'm clearly recovering (laughs) and I think a big deep dive and um whole setup and then a ton of editing was a lot for me right now and so I really appreciated you sending your story so that you know we could listen to it so thank you for your story and their story um and Thank you for listening. And I to our very first bonus episode. This was fun. This was really neat. Thank you so much. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.